1: And with that, we are back here on the ACL Pod, featuring the one and the only Mr. Cap'n Wags. I'm ACL. He's Wags at the Real Mr. ACL at and Wags on Twitter and Instagram. This is the final College Football Conference preview. We've done four. This is the fifth. Pac-12 plus some independent teams that we are going to throw in there. Today we are going to be hitting on the top teams in the Pac-12 and a couple of the let's say, most notable independent teams out there this year, Notre Dame and BYU. And, of course, we are going to have a free play at the end of the pod. Wags, the Pac-12, baby. Lots of lots of uh, – I'll just say bad talk about the Pac-12 over the years. Ready to talk some Pac-12 and a couple of independents this year?
0: Yeah, definitely ready. I think um, Pac-12 is going to have some uh, legit teams, a couple mm-hmm. independents we're talking about. Going to be uh, pretty good also. So talking about five solid teams this year, I think.
1: Totally agree with you. Uh, We will start, of course, in the Pac-12 South. Utah and USC, those are definitely, I think, in my view, I think that you would agree really the top two. UCLA might have something to say with that not-so-sir about Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado as far as having a say in who wins that division. But we will start with Utah. Season win total, 9, minus 115 if you want to go over, minus 105 if you want to go under. To win this conference, plus 240. To win the national title, 50-1. to A dark horse national title pick by some if you look at their schedule and we'll definitely jump into it here there is a path I'll just say that that they play some top teams if they win there's a path for them to get to this conference title game probably against Oregon probably against Washington maybe Oregon State over on on the north but there is a path here for this Utah team to get there 50 to 1 wags your thoughts overall on this Utah team here
0: I love Utah. I really like them a lot. I think they're built for success, uh, certainly in the Pac-12. And um, look, they were ten and four last year. They were they were very good. They they lost um, two early games on the road at BYU by nine points and at San Diego State in triple overtime. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I really I really do like this team. They return eight guys on offense, um, six on defense. Eight with the eight guys back on offense. I mean, Utah was the thirteenth, had the thirteenth most points in college football last year. Yeah, and I think they improve on that thirty-six points per game uh, number because they have a very, very good, if not great, quarterback, Cam Rising, who I think is going to be a top quarterback draft pick uh, prospect after this season. Like, I think he's going to be one of those names that n- not many people know of that will be um you know i have, have a great season and then people will start saying oh wow this guy from utah pretty good um you know he, he's going to be a top five quarterback next year in the, in the draft they return five of their top six wide receivers they have one of the top running backs in the pack 12 and Tavian thomas and oh yeah they re- also return four of their uh starting offensive linemen so this offense will be clicking, and I think that that's going to, you know, prove to be um, a, a tough out um, for anybody on this schedule, including, you know, they have to go to Florida the first game of the season in the Swamp. Oof. I mean, that's going to be – What a game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to me, that that game on September 3rd, and, and there's quite a few, um, you know, solid opening games that week but that one's at the top of my list you know i think just because utah has to go across the country play in the swamp florida's first game i mean it's going to be absolutely crazy and you know to me utah is probably uh you know on a neutral field five six seven points better than florida but Mm -hmm. having to go to the swamp just makes it that much more difficult um you know they're gonna have teams like Oregon State. Yeah, they get them at home, and everybody thinks, oh, Oregon State stinks, right? One and eleven, two and twelve team, three or four or five years ago. Um, well, they were seven and six last year. They're getting better, so um, I think they return fifteen guys. Then after that, they have to go to UCLA before coming back home against USC. So um, three very, in my opinion, difficult games right in the middle of the season um, before again that they're towards the end of the season, the big game that's probably circled right now at Oregon always a tough place to play um so yeah I mean I, I really really am, am high on, on Utah you know I didn't really talk much about their defense they do return six they only gave up 23 points a game last year which was 32nd in the nation pretty good not too bad um but you know they're returning their leading tackler Devin Lloyd uh, Oh, sorry um He is one of the the losses, right? Right. Key losses, Devin Lloyd, who was drafted in the first round. But they do reload from the transfer portal. So I don't expect much of a drop with them losing Devin Lloyd, um, especially from how Kyle Whittingham coaches his defenses, gets the most out of them. Um, Whittingham, I had to do a double check, in his 18th year at Utah
1: unbelievable right yeah crazy. I I it's funny you say that I, I did the exact same thing I was I I have a, a basically a, a database where I just keep ATS numbers overall numbers for coaches and I mean Whittingham's 18 years which is wild straight up record wags 144 and 70 amazing since he's been at Utah yeah, ATS really good. ATS I mean and look this is a team that you know I, I'd say year in and year out pretty much people think highly of right Utah's pretty good team. So he's beating market expectations because his ATS numbers wags 115 and 94 ATS over, over those years. So yeah, that's incredible. You know, 21 and games
0: else in the, against the top 25 straight up 19 and 26. Yep. Now that doesn't scream wow. He's wildly successful, but when you're, you know, basically 50-50, a little less than 50-50 against top 25 teams, you're a pretty good team. I mean Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I like I like what he's done. I think he's a great coach. Um, you know, and with what he gets back and and some of the transfers, this team is going to be a force in the Pac-12.
1: Totally agree with you. Again, that win total eight and a half, juiced if it, you know minus one sixty, minus one seventy. If you want to play that, nine's around minus one fifteen or so. Three games that I have circled at Florida. They're currently minus two. Yep. October fifteenth, home. I stress that home against USC, which will probably decide this out. They're currently minus four. And then November 19th, uh, second last week of the year at Oregon, it's around plus one or pick em. Yep. So minus two, minus four, pick them.
0: The minus four was what? Home versus USC?
1: Home versus USC.
0: Okay. Do you have anything for the game before that at UCLA? Or I haven't whatever? seen a look
1: ahead number on that yet. Okay. Okay. But that could be a tricky game, right? At USC, look ahead game to – sorry, at UCLA, look ahead to that USC spot. A UCLA team that will probably be gelling by then, you know, we'll see. But that's certainly a game I have circled as well, just as far as a look-ahead spot to potentially play UCLA getting points in that particular spot.
0: Yeah, look, Chip Kelly, man, he, he's got, a, you know, obviously a great offense. Um, I think Utah's the type of team that's going to um, be able to, you know, kind of reel them in a little bit, so I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see it being such a um, crazy game. And also Chip Kelly's team only returning eight players, only two on defense. So I think that defense in UCLA is going to have a very tough time, you know, as long as Utah's healthy handling the Utes offense.
1: I agree. I'm a little down on UCLA this well this year as well. That said, their first three games. Just sort of jump into UCLA real quick. Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, all at home. They're going and then 3-0. at Colorado. Exactly. Likely so, four in a row. Exactly. Yeah,
0: Co- I'm yeah. Colorado to, is, is, is yeah. they that's going to be, be a tough, tough year for Colorado. Very tough
1: year. The reason I mentioned those three games for UCLA is because they're going to be three and zero, and you know. DTR is probably going to be kind of gelling at that point. He's their, he's their quarterback. So UCLA is a team that could be in their groove by the time Utah comes in there. So just a, a scheduling spot to kind of circle um, as a potential look-ahead to that USC game. But, yeah, I mean, look, Utah, what's not to like? I mean, you, you mentioned all the three starting starters, eight on offense, six on defense. They were plus 125 in yards per game last year, which is number one in the entire Pac-12. That Utah game at Florida, Week One, September three, they have taken some some sharp action. Um, and look, a West Coast team wags Week One, quote West Coast team, going all the way to the swamp in the humid humidity of of North Florida in this in September is usually not a neighborhood or a spot that I want to be a part of. Yep. I'm I'm you know all we we see you know Oregon goes to Georgia like all these teams getting double digits. Utah's favorite at Florida. And I think a lot of that has to do with just Florida's, you know, kind of where, New where they're at now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they've had so, some
0: down seasons, what, they go six and seven or something last year. Yeah, and yeah, look,
1: season win total six and a half, seven this year for Florida. But, man, the market is respecting this Utah team. Week one on the road in the swamp where that place is just going to be live. Man, that's that's an interesting number right now.
0: Very interesting. But you know what? Whittingham has experience in, in those games, on those ro- in those road games. So, um, you know, maybe that comes into play. Again, Utah is the better team, um, you know, if this was on a neutral field. It's not. It is in the swamp. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy. I cannot wait. And we are so close to college football. This is uh, getting giving me a little goosebumps right now. I'm pumped.
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Before we talk to you about USC, real quick, uh, you mentioned Cam Rising, Heisman. I've seen as yes. high as a hundred to one in the market.
0: Well, um, I'll I'll just I'll just be forward right now on on this pod. I took I took Cam Rising as a sleeper Heisman um, pick. I I have money on him. Uh, wasn't wasn't a large chunk of change because he you know depending on on where you look you can get him anywhere from sixty to hundred to one. Yep, depending on your book, maybe more. I again, I you know, I'm just looking at some of the larger books um i got him at 85 to 1 i was happy with that number when Mm -hmm. i took it um and i think look this guy's got as good of a chance um you know as anybody um especially with this offense and and his experience uh we'll see you know what you know you could win uh basically 10 to 1 or or, sorry 100 to 1 (laughs) that number is is incredible
1: Yep, i I think of all the Heisman bets out there, just from a team that could go 11-1, and one, right, could go 10-2, and two, and then a guy that just could have that kind of narrative feel all year, especially if he goes in on a national stage and beats Florida week one, certainly 100-1. Well, not he, that I price.
0: mean, f- first year, last year, 2,500 yards throwing, not yep. a crazy amount uh, throwing. But he also added 500 yards rushing. 20, uh, 20 touchdowns and only five interceptions with another six rushing touchdowns. So this is a guy who now has got a year under his belt. He's comfortable. He's got a great offense. Um, look, if, if he can um, expand on what he did last year and, and really progress in, with an offense that's back with a ton of uh, weapons at wide receiver – again this guy could break out and become one of those dark horse favorites oh yeah and if we think you know if he wins 10 11 games his name will certainly be up there
1: yep i'm with you on that all right that's utah moving over to usc here in the pac-12 south season win total nine and a half plus 100 on the over minus 120 on the under there are nines out there as well juiced on the over to win this conference plus 220 now those numbers Look, I've seen USC favorite, I've seen Utah favorite, I've seen them basically co-favorites, but the prevailing number, USC is, I would say, a slight favorite at the majority of books, plus 220 to win the Pac-12, to win the national title, which is an interesting number, 25 to 1. If you recall, for Utah, they were 50 to 1. So they're they're essentially co-favorites to win the conference. However, the national title odds are basically, not basically, are cut in half for... Uh, usc compared to utah so that's just something to factor in there as well obviously look clay helton i would i thought that was the strangest hire they gave him a contract extension it was just year after year They're i mean they needed to just clean house so look they bring in a top coach in the country lincoln riley he of course brings caleb williams with him over from oklahoma which is huge uh they bring over uh wide receiver mario williams as well from oklahoma Blitnikoff winner Jordan Addison from Pitt. So like, you have all these things just sort of happening over the last, I don't know, three, four months at USC. A totally different vibe from last year. This team was four and eight last year, Wags. Four and eight, and now you have a win total. If you want to go over, they have to win 10 games. So they took a little bit of sharp action on the under earlier in the summer. And now it's just been a wave of over money as things come out of camp. There's been a lot of good news as far as, you know, gelling, right? The And that will happen when the coach, when the quarterback, when the top receiver all come from the same school and basically just transfer over. So that wasn't a total shock to me. The schedule isn't too bad for them. They open up Rice, Stanford, or Fresno, Oregon State. Obviously, we talked about that game at Utah. And then they finish the year at UCLA and Notre Dame. So I certainly understand, just from a perception standpoint, this number being nine and a half.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Look, Lincoln Riley show gets set up in L.A. Like you mentioned, he's going to bring in an arsenal with him: Caleb Williams, Mar- uh, sorry, Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, mm-hmm. and then also bringing in that pit stud, Belitenkov, winner Jordan Addison. Huge gift um, for them. I mean, that it's incredible. So, I mean, they 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 have already returning seven or eight guys on offense, and now you bring in a starting quarterback. Okay. yeah. So they lose Keaton Slovis. They get a much better quarterback Mm -hmm. upgrade. They bring in Mario Williams and Bolitnikoff winner Jordan Addison, two of those receivers, possibly two of the best receivers in the nation right there. Um, And oh, yeah, we forgot to mention that they add in running backs. Travis Dye from Oregon and Austin Jones from Stanford. So even though they lose their top two quarterbacks, their top two running backs and a wide receiver, they reload and will be even better than the 444 yards per game that they put up last year. Um, One of the things also that I expect to change dramatically, they were ranked 97th overall in turnovers last year. Hmm. Not good, okay? I expect their 28 points a game off of the 444 yards a game to go up quite a bit, probably by at least a touchdown. I'm looking at at least 35 points a game by USC. And then you look, you flip the page, and you're like, well, defensively, they're only bringing back three. On paper, not good. Turn the page again. You see that they added 10 players from the transfer portal. Um, so on paper, they look better. They're going to need to prove that this team is not as bad as the 32 points a game that they gave up last season, which is why they were 4-8. and eight. Um, But again, they bring in guys from the likes of Alabama. Okay, They bring in Shane Lee. They bring in Ro- Ro- uh, Romello Height from, I think, Auburn. Um, you know, they have a, a lot of guys coming in from the, the secondary that they bring in from teams like Ohio State and Oklahoma, right? So they ha- they're they bringing in experience, like you said. Why, you know, we'll, we'll, a lot will depend on how they gel, and clearly, you know, steam came in on the under. You know, maybe that number was too high. Things come out of camp. Things are on the up, and now you're starting to see more overaction. So, um, yeah, you know, would it be sh- surprising if they win – 10 games this year, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it is a first-year coach coming in, and now I know it's Lincoln-Riley, and I know they have some continuity between Riley, Caleb Williams, and you know some of these uh, transfers that come in, but it's tough. Um, you mentioned the schedule. I think it actually plays out pretty well for them uh for the first three weeks they have to go they have a road test against oregon state which to me um again i mentioned them they're 15 starters uh, when we we're talking about utah they come home versus arizona state washington state before they have to go on the road october 15th to utah um in the last two games of the season at ucla again on the road um in a rivalry game before coming home against notre dame which will be you know, a very um, obviously very big game. Uh, Notre Dame, we see come out as a top five team in the nation. You and I disagree with it, um, mm-hmm. but you know we'll talk a little bit about Notre Dame later. And um, look, on paper, Notre Dame kind of looks and deserves to be where they are in a sense. Um, they're bringing back 15. They went 11 and two last year. So, um, but you know, obviously with the new new coach, and we'll get into that. Um, you know. Things can change and, and be a little different. So, four games here that I think are tough the Oregon State game, the Utah game, and then at UCLA Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, they should be favorites, though, in 10 of those 12 games at least.
1: Exactly right. And look, Lincoln Riley overall, record 55 and 10, straight up. And <laughs> one sort of quirk in the schedule this year USC WAGs avoids playing both. Oregon and Washington out of the Pac-12 North, so they avoid playing the top two teams in the North. So, which
0: is why you see them having about a forty to you know top fifty schedule, let's call mm-hmm. it, you know somewhere between forty-five and fifty. I have them ranked with the forty-fifth schedule um, in the nation difficulty.
1: Yep, and look, for me, this win total comes down to this. Talent-wise, you could argue they're a top-five team. Talent-wise, I have them rated number one quarterback, number one running back, number one uh, receiving core in the entire conference. So that you know, great—they're going to put up points. They're going to be fine. It's just a matter of like—and you see this in the uh, in the in the uh, NFL sometimes when these teams go on like free-agent benders, right? They just bring in all these guys. Oh, they sign this guy, that guy. It's like it takes some time to sometimes show, and sometimes it never even happens. You just have all these different personalities. I want to be the top guy. I want this. I want that. And I just worry that all those names that we just read off—Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, Jordan Addison—like, how long is it going to take him to gel? And with Jordan Addison specifically, there were some some, some—I'll just say—articles out there that uh, he really wanted to go elsewhere, most notably into the state of Texas. But he had this massive NIL deal, which basically took him over to USC and it hasn't necessarily panned out the way he wanted. So he, he was complaining publicly about it a bit. So that kind of stuff, that sort of off the field, oh, you know, California, LA thing, I don't know that it's necessarily gonna translate well to on the field. And when you have a win total at nine and a half, I mean, if you have a couple of hiccups there, I mean, they're, they're dogs at Utah, You're around minus three right now, home versus Notre Dame, November 26th. That line will probably change between now and then at at some level. But there's just a lot of factors, wild card factors for me. First-year coach, right? You never know how that's necessarily going to pan out as well. There's just some factors for me that have kept me off this win total now as far as playing it over. But just from a talent perspective, you know, when I look at it, when I look at the schedule – schedule difficulty as you said right around 4950. it's just not that difficult for them to win some of these games and you know seven eight to me would be the floor so if you're talking about ceiling and this goes to the you know national title odds 25 to 1 to win the national title versus 50 to 1 for utah the market is telling you that the ceiling for this team is massive if all those things come together caleb williams goes out has a heisman you know trophy candidate type season as well, get, uh, yet, yet, yet again, like he kind of did last year toward the last part of, uh, the year in Oklahoma, if everything comes together, just right. You're talking about a 10, 11, maybe a 12 win team that could make that national title run.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, most likely, and I think we're probably in agreement, the PAC 12 South is going to have the, um, you know, c- conference winner here. I think so. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Oregon after this, but um, you know, Utah and USC definitely going to fight it out, and you know, two and a half to one for either of those teams um, to win and come out, or or, or take both is not necessarily the, the worst, you know.
1: Yep. No. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about it with Oregon as well. I I, I would be very. I'll just say I'd be shocked if it wasn't Utah or USC coming out of the south. Arizona State, we'll talk about them a little bit later. Arizona is not going to be Colorado. UCLA maybe, but they have some down down arrows uh as well for this year. So Utah, USC, I think that we totally are in agreement. Definitely the cream of the crop here in the Pac-12. All right, that is Utah, that is USC. We were going to be back with Oregon right after this short break. And we are back. The ACL pod featuring Cap and Wags making our way through the Pac-12. We touched on on Utah and USC. We're going to jump into Oregon. Again, everyone, the website, therealmracl.com or acl-sports.com. College football week zero starts this upcoming weekend, which is amazing to say. I love to say that. We're going to be putting any plays we have for this week zero up on Twitter for free. So packages really start week one, the following weekend. As far as when the packages start, four-week packages, full-season packages, NFL, college. You can get monthly, you can get full-season, get whatever you want. It's all up on the website, and you can always shoot us a DM if you have any questions, thoughts, or want to do something else. Just let us know. All right. Again, we are now upon the Oregon Ducks and the Pac 12 North. Wags, here are the numbers for the Ducks. Season win total, 8.5, minus 135 if you want to go over that, plus 115 on the under to win the conference, plus 280. We talked about it a little bit earlier not a number that I'm necessarily excited or would want to jump in on but I understand some that do thinking that they might get to the title game and then you can kind of play around with that hedge a bit to win the national title 90 to 1 which I think is pretty telling again just talking about the ceiling for this Oregon team obviously the big news is Mario Cristobal is no longer there he's your boy now Wags at, right. at Miami coach of Miami Dan Lanning comes in man the man, 36 years old I think he is former D.C. of Georgia, won a national title, obviously. Best
0: defense possibly ever.
1: Pretty darn good last year. What are your thoughts on the Oregon Ducks, your head into the year?
0: Yeah, look, I mean, it's always difficult for a team to start off with a new coach. Um, Oregon does return 14 starters, seven on offense, seven on defense. They also bring in transfer Bo Nix from Auburn, so... Uh, getting uh-huh. some SEC quarterback experience, um, which you know many might say not so great. Many might be like, "Hey, you know he's an SEC quarterback coming into the Pac-12, and um you know he's going to not face a, as stout of defenses as he has." So you know there could be upside there. Uh, I think he'll get that fresh start in Oregon. He'll look for a little bit of redemption, right? Play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, you know, I think unfortunately for him. First game of the season, a team that he knows very well. He's got to go <laughs> to Atlanta, so not He's on the road. About 17
1: points, too. Yeah,
0: he uh, <laughs> has to go play Georgia, the defending national champions, Georgia Bulldogs. The good news for that is that Dan Lanning just came from there. He knows the team. He knows the offense. He knows the defense. He knows the team. So um, for but for all intents and purposes, a, a road game in Atlanta, um, the, you know, he gets the he. The, for Nick's, I mean, for, for Oregon in, in general, the offensive line's back, their entire offensive line. So, um, you know, I think they were eighth ranked eighth nationally in yards per rush attempt last year with five point three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this team, at least this offense, will run as well as Bo Nick's can. You know, operate that engine. So, um, a lot will ride on his shoulders. On defense, last year they were okay at best. They do return seven. They also get the added benefit of having Dan Lan- Lanning as their uh, head coach, and he is a defensive guru. I mean, he was Georgia's defensive coordinator for the last three, four years. He had the best defense in the nation last year, possibly ever. Um, now, granted, he had some studs over there at Georgia, right? They had you know nine guys, I think, on defense go in the draft last year. Um, but he does – look, like I mentioned, he inherits seven starters – from a mediocre defense, they will be better than last year. I, 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 I really believe that. Um, Schedule-wise, they avoid USC, um, but they do get BYU. And on top of that, outside of Georgia, right, first game of the season, they have to play their four toughest games are BYU, UCLA, Washington, and Utah. Guess what?
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: four of those games at home. Ding ding ding! Yep. All yep. four of those games at home. Yep. They're road games. Okay. Others again outside of Georgia, Washington State, not good. Arizona, not good. Cal, not that good. Colorado stinks. And then the last really bad. Yeah, and then the last game of the season, they have to go on the road to Oregon State again. Mm-hmm. Rivalry game on the road against a better Oregon State team. Um Schedule wise, like yeah, they they do play Georgia, they do play BYU, they do play UCLA, they do play Colorado, uh, Utah, they do play Washington. So yeah, schedule wise, I have them ranked, you know, in the top forty, you know, toughest schedules. But they they luck out getting a lot of the tougher games at home, um, and I think the it really is going to be tough um, in the sense, you know, for Bo Nicks, he's going to have a lot of pressure a little bit you know new quarterback coming in and um having to take over the reins of a of an Oregon team who's been pretty good for the last you know four or five years right the 9 and 4 in 2018 12 and 2 in 2019 4 and 3 in the covid 2020 year and then last year going 10 and 4 so they're they're going to be as bo- as good as Bonex is and having a new coach i mean i'm just you know i'm not touching this Oregon over That's for sure. Just because there's a lot um, of uncertainty um, with Bo Nix. Like we've seen his resume against SEC teams, not that great, not that impressive, but he comes into a different conference, a different, you know, set of um, competition that could prove to be better for him. But also, you know, if he, if he's just the same guy, uh, I could see this team winning seven games.
1: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned there's sort of two schools of thought on the Bo Nicks, right? There's the people that say, oh, it's Bo Nicks. I don't want to bet him. And there's the other people. I'm raising my hand as I'm saying this. The second one is he was playing literally NFL talent every single week in the SEC. And now what does he do? He goes over to Oregon and he's playing, let's just say not NFL talent every single week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, no, mean, I mean, I hear you. And I think this is it's where that simple.
0: This is where we might butt heads a little bit on, on the yep. next thing. It's like yeah, he's not playing those SEC schools and not ha- playing like maybe that SEC competition. But I'll tell you what, and again, I talked about these teams having, um, or Oregon having the home field advantage. These still are very good defenses. Georgia on the road, B or wherever you know whatever on neutral field, BYU, Washington and Utah. Th- those mm-hmm. those defenses are are going to cause problems for uh, Bo Nix if if he's just the same Bo Nix as we've seen.
1: Yep. Absolutely agree. He he has to be better. I mean, I, I've struggled with Oregon. I've gone back and forth. I mentioned off the top that I wouldn't be playing them to win this conference. However, if you're looking for a team to pot- potentially win the division, to win the North, I just think it's a process of elimination thing, right? Cal, Stanford, Washington State, probably not going to be the mix there. Washington, I am high on a little bit this year, but I do think that Oregon probably gets in there. They're currently at home versus Washington. Oregon's minus 10 on the look ahead there. So just from a, a scheduling perspective, certainly makes sense. All those home games that, that you mentioned, like, that's what I have circled there. All those tough games, Pac-12-wise, they get at home. Yep. Now, from a home field advantage, I have Oregon's home field worth about five points. So if you take home field away, you're basically putting that game on a neutral. You're talking about a, about a five-point switch for me. A couple of arrows pointing down. They were plus 10 in turnovers last year, which is not going to be happening again this year. That number usually comes back down. So plus 10 in turnovers, which I think is huge. And they had three very close wins last year, and meaning un, meaning wins under one possession. So those usually are factors pointing down for me. They did win 10 games, of course, last year. They got blown the out by State. Utah absolutely Second man 14, of season, 14 yeah I mean, and a half that, that was huge 14 point dogs on the road they won 35 28 then in the pac-12 title game against utah they get blown out 38 to 10 and then in the alamo bowl versus oklahoma as plus six dogs they lose by 15 points yeah. i think a lot of that had to do with crystal ball is basically out the door yep right oh for sure it lost a little bit of focus hibodeau was essentially checked out as well headed for the nfl so a lot of different factors here. I think the win total makes sense. I, I don't love, you know, again, first year coaches betting overs that kind of thing, but just from a scheduling perspective, you gotta factor that in. Now look, you're there plus 17 week one quote at Georgia. So to cash this win total, I mean, you're basically assuming that they're going to lose that. It's, it's an 11 game season. You know, they got to win nine out of 11 games to cash this. That's, that's a tough that's order cool. with a for sure, coach. Yeah,
0: exactly. And look, they have BYU, they have Utah. I mean, mm-hmm. these, these are very, very difficult games. And yeah, they're going to have to play UCLA as well at home. They get them at home and, and finish the year. And, and again, you know, I mentioned Oregon State like four times already. Uh, clearly, I just think they're a good team, they have a very difficult schedule. Um, you know, but they, they return nine on defense, um, which, you know, to, to me is pretty good. And in a rivalry game against an Oregon team, you know, we shall see what happens there. Um, yeah, uh, again, the, um, uh, the good thing for Oregon is that this, the, the PAC 12 North is just not that competitive. It's right. not as competitive as the South. So um, they'll definitely have a chance to to win the North and get to the title game. It's just how many yep. wins will they have?
1: That's the biggest selling point for me. If I was going to play a future on Oregon, I, I would, I would lean toward the division future as opposed to the overs um, on their winter. All right. That is the last team we're going to break down. As far as the PAC 12 goes, we will have another PAC 12 thought as we get to the free play later on. But We wanted to touch on two independent teams. We don't obviously do a separate podcast for, the seven independent teams being Notre Dame, BYU, Army, Liberty, New Mexico State, UConn and, and UMass, although we could do a pod on UConn and UMass wags. Just
0: Hey, I'm all for it. Look, those guys <laughs> those guys deserve a chance too.
1: Yes, they do. Although you can always bet on their unders for season win total. We have cash on those over the years. However, we are going to be looking at two, Notre Dame and BYU. We will start with Notre Dame. the Fighting Irish, obviously, first-year coach. Marcus Freeman comes in to replace Brian Kelly. Season win total, nine. Minus one ten flat both sides, whichever direction you want to go there. To win the national title, 45-1 to if you think Marcus Freeman can get it done in his first year. To make the playoff. Obviously, they don't play in a conference, or they don't have conference odds. To make the playoff plus 450, which is an interesting number there. You're essentially betting on this team to win every game. I don't know that that an 11-1 and Notre Dame team, probably the one loss being at Ohio State. So if they lose that first game at Ohio State, they're about two touchdown dogs right now. Can they run the table? Sure. Would that be enough to get them in? Maybe, because you're going to have a bad loss if you're going to have a double digit loss you want it to happen early on in the season so that i think works out in their favor where are you out on this notre dame team wags marcus freeman in his first year
0: yeah well first i'll point out that they're ranked fifth in the ap poll which is just ridiculous when you Funny. start looking at these odds and they're 45 to one you know maybe 10th or 11th down the list in vegas so you know to me that's just notre dame being notre dame um you know, the name, the recognition, the history, the pageantry, whatever you want to say. Um, they did go uh, again. I mentioned this earlier. Notre Dame went 11 and two last year. They bring back 15 players. Um, however, they lose their starting quarterback, their leading running back, their top wide receiver. Now they do bring for their line offensive linemen back, which is going to be great for consistency up front. Um, But to me, again, the biggest loss here, head coach, Brian Kelly, who takes the job down in the Bayou, um, for me, very strange to, to ever leave Notre Dame, um, as a head coach. I mean, that, that's like the most, probably most coveted position in, Mm -hmm. in football. Again, maybe he was bored or wanted to prove himself, whatever it was. Um, you know, to me, that was strange, but here we are. Um, they scored 35 points a game last year, finished, um, in the top 20 in offense, um, personally look you know new quarterback new coach i still think they'll they'll be right around that um that mark i think obviously a lot's going to have to to do with how tyler buckner plays and and if he can perform um you know from from an offensive perspective on defense they bring back 8 um they also bring in um a new defensive coordinator because their old defensive coordinator is now their head coach um and that new defensive coordinator none other Than Al Golden, yeah, head coach of the. Is he gonna wear tie? Is he gonna wear tie during the game? I don't know. I don't know if maybe that was just a head coach (laughs) thing or not. But he's the uh, obviously ex head coach of the Hurricanes. Most recently, spent his time as a defensive coach for the Lions and the Bengals. Um, Look, as usual, Notre Dame is going to be stout up front against the run they're usually very good on the defensive line and at linebacker um it's the secondary that ha, ha, for me has a big question mark usually not as fast to keep up with you know some of these um you know teams that have speedy wide receivers and, and we've seen notre dame get burned before um, and they also have to uh replace um their stud safety from last year uh kyle hamilton so Yep. That, that's NFL. obviously a huge loss. Um, they lose Kelly. They bring in Marcus Freeman internally as from their defensive coordinator to head coach. They add in a veteran coach now, Golden, to replace him. Um, so I think there's going to be some continuity, and there's going to be um, again, like Al Golden. I think actually a pretty good fit at Notre Dame. Um, Stand up guy, good guy. Doesn't have to be the head coach. You know, you know, we we've seen it many many times before where. He- Good defensive coordinators, not necessarily great head coaches. I think that's the case here. So for for Golden, um, you know, from the continuity perspective, um, keeping Marcus Freeman internally, um, they keep their offensive coordinator um, as well um, in um, t- Tommy Reese. So mm-hmm. that's obviously huge for the offense. Um, I think they'll have a lot of continuity, shouldn't really miss a beat. And their schedule, look, their schedule is always tough. I mean, their top 50 schedule year in, year out. Um, they have to open up against Ohio State. They do have to go to North Carolina, even though North Carolina's got a down year. You know, everybody who plays Notre Dame at home is going to come up, come out, show out. Um, so, you know, expect these places to be rocking. They have to play BYU in Vegas. We'll talk about BYU after this. Good BYU, um, a very, very good team. Clemson at home and you and then they have to go to USC those games right there are very difficult. the other games they should get through um but you know if they go two and two in those four yeah they can get to 10 10 wins this year Notre Dame however a lot's gonna ride on the quarterback play and Tyler Buckner as we've talked about through many of these podcasts with some of these fringe teams like a lot is gonna have to ride on their quarterback play so can Tyler Buckner step in step up to the plate, um, and and if he does, and that's a big if, I think that Notre Dame can get to double digit wins. Um, but again, we just have to, to to wait and see.
1: Marcus Freeman apparently has been absolutely crushing it on the recruiting trail. He's one of these players, coaches yep. does well in the you know living rooms of these families. He's just absolutely been crushing it. However, we saw him in action, Wags, in the Fiesta Bowl last year versus Oklahoma State when they were up twenty eight to seven. And he made absolutely zero halftime adjustments and got completely outcoached in the second half. And they lost 37
0: to 35. Yep. So granted, what I've seen so far, brand new head coach, right? First game, I'll give him. Yes. yes. Look, you know what? Can he learn from that experience is the question.
1: I hope so. For (laughs) his sake, I I will say this. You talked about Brian Kelly. I'm just speculating here as to why he left last five years at Notre Dame wags, 10 and three, 12 and one, 11 and two. Ten and two, eleven and two. But guess what? It wasn't good enough. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. this is a guy that you know. Ten years ago, with uh, Manti Te'o, gets into the national title game. Obviously, they get beat by basically an all-world Alabama team. It Wasn't good enough. So, I just think the expectations for him. He's he's like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get the talent that Alabama, that LSU can get. And I'm giving these people the you know ten and three, twelve and one, eleven and two seasons, and it's just not good enough. So new challenge he'll be able to recruit the type of athlete the five stars that he wants at LSU so i i i actually understand why he moved on they also gave him a pretty nice pretty uh, pretty big contracts so <laughs> that that never hurts as well but look for me i i hear you on all that it's basically about Marcus Freeman and when you're talking about the win total plus you know 14 15 16 currently at ohio state home against clemson at usc where they're going to be dogs and then you sprinkle in one of those weird games right that sort of sneaks up on them every year at a north carolina neutral yep. site against byu i'm not saying they're going to lose but an at syracuse those sort of weird quirky games oh, look ahead spots oh, that yeah, kind of thing look
0: at i mean they got to play at syracuse and then go uh mm-hmm. come home against clemson so
1: exactly so from a from a win total perspective, I'm only looking at under here, and if I'm playing under, I'm I'm going to wait yeah. because the public's going to come in, and we've already started to see this number sort of trickle up a bit. There was some sharp under money earlier, now it's starting to trickle up a bit as far as potentially getting a nine and a half or a better juiced under. So that's the only way that I'm looking at uh, at Notre Dame. which is just a lot of change, and they were plus ten in turnovers last year as well, which is going to come down and is a thing pointing down. And they did have three net close wins too. Yeah, so. Couple, a lot of factors pointing down for me. A
0: couple of nuggets. Uh, Notre Dame, 10-0 and 0 against the spread in their last 10 in November. So uh, take a look at that. November this year, last four games, they play Clemson, Navy, Boston College, and at USC. 13-2 um, and two to the under in their last 15 games on the road
1: hmm.
0: versus an AP top 10. So again, looking at Ohio State, Clemson, down the line, um, will be will BYU be a top 10 as of October 8th? We don't know, but um, yep, just keep that in mind. Oh, yeah, and at USC last game of the season, potentially, yeah,
1: that potentially, that's a big uh, one. Yep, that's a big one. So, Making our way over to said team, BYU Cougars, we'll touch on them real quickly before we get to the free play here. Season win total eight and a half plus 110. If you want to go over. Minus 130 on the under. There are some 8s in the market as, as well. Win the national title, 250-1. to one. This is a team that's going to have to run the table, in my view. 11-1 and one is not going to be good enough for BYU uh, to get into the playoff there. So, look, can they run the table? We'll see. We'll talk about it. Their schedule, it's doable. The teams are there, right? It's basically one of those teams where it's in front of them. They play high enough level teams. The Baylors, the Oregon's, the Notre Dame's, the Arkansas, the Boise State's of the world. If they run the table and beat them, they certainly could get in, I think. That said, sort of that dark horse, sexy pick, you know, independent team to get into the Final Four, very similar to what I, you know Cincinnati last year. That's sort of the vibe that I'm getting. That said, Cincinnati's win total was you know 10, 10 and a half last year. BYU's is eight, eight and a half this year. So I think the market is telling you there that just from a scheduling perspective, much, much more difficult wags. But for me, there's a lot to like about this team. Kalani Sataki's done a great job. Uh, They're 48-29 record overall since taking over six years ago. And this is the big thing. Returning starters, Wags eight on offense, which is great. QB Jaron Hall, I think, is going to be in store for a huge year. How many defense? on defense? How many? Every single one yep. is coming back from a pretty darn solid good defensive team last year. 19 returning starters for this BYU team. They start the season at USF week one, minus 12 and a half right now. I'm pretty high on this BYU team.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, what's not to like about this team who returns 19 starters, all 11 on defense. They gave up just shy of 26 points a game last year top 50 um yeah so you know top 50 oh what's what's the big deal 11 guys return on defense that's a big deal and guess what of those 11 they had a lot of injuries so Mm -hmm. i expect a lot of improvement there um on offense there are questions that you know early last year and, and you know for a great reason. You know, how is Jaron Hall going to perform and have to step up into Zach Wilson's shoes? Um, I'd say he did pretty well. He threw for over 2600 yards, 20 touchdowns, only five interceptions. Oh, yeah. And he also ran for 400 yards. Um, so with that pressure off his shoulders. Let's see how he can continue to thrive. And I think he will. Um, the Cougars, as you mentioned, return eight on offense, averaged over 33 points a game last year. I think they improve and average probably over 35, 37 points a game this year, closer to 37. I actually have them at. Um, and yeah, they have a top 10 offensive line in the country. So pretty good. Um, Pretty good. Yeah, you mentioned again the the, and I mentioned earlier eleven starters on defense, uh, riddled with injury last year. So yes, they need to stay healthy to improve on that. I think they will. Um, Yeah, I think there's a good chance for this team to get you know ten wins, double digit wins. Um, They do have some tough games on their schedule, specifically home against Baylor, second game of the season early. Uh, We talked about Baylor. I think on the uh, um, big. 12, uh, did we, did we yep. talk about Baylor? Yeah, I think we did. A little bit, Yeah, um, yep. you know, I think they're going to be a good team, solid team. That's one of those, yeah, I think we talked about Baylor. Yeah, now that I remember, that was a team that I thought we could either win four or ten games, right? That was mm-hmm. just a, game, a team that I you know completely lost on. But, yes, they have to play Baylor. They have to go to Oregon. They get Notre Dame and Vegas, as we mentioned earlier, um, home against Arkansas, and then at Boise. These five games will really tell the story of BYU's season because um, I think they win – all the other ones for sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they go four and one or five and zero, they will be a top ten team. They will be in the discussion of you know potential uh, story to to make the uh, to make the playoff, right? Because if they beat Notre Dame, they beat Arkansas, right? Uh, Going to be a pretty good SEC team. They yeah, beat sure. Boise on the road. Um, they win at Oregon. I mean, they'll be deserving. Absolutely, if they if they can win out, oh yeah, they also eleven and don't forget they have to play Utah Tech
1: (laughs) November. By the way, do you know
0: Utah Tech is? uh, I'd never heard of them. Right, I mean I've been watching college football my entire life. Who is Utah Tech? Well, Dixie State is the new Utah Tech.
1: I did not know that. You've, yeah. I know Dixie State's the team in college basketball. Not that, anymore. That, that you're, it is now Utah
0: te- Tech. Um, <laughs> and that has to do, and we won't get into any political things. But apparently Dixie was a little too. Um,
1: Understood. Yes. So. They had to change the name. Yes. Well, Utah Tech, maybe they are. BYU gets them at home November 19th, week 11. Yeah. So that number, I think, will be, we um, will just say, high double digits. Well, this is how BYU
0: finishes. At Liberty, East Carolina. Yes, they Mm -hmm. have to go to Boise, who I don't think will be as good as we've seen, but still a tough game. Then they have a bye. They play Utah Tech and then at Stanford. I mean, really, BYU, I mean, they could struggle to to kick off the season here. They got, you know, of their first seven games, four of them are going to be very difficult.
1: And that Utah State game at home, Utah State's solid team this year. Yes. I I mean, you no, know, no, for people, sure. I, yeah, I mean, people. I I saw there were some Utah State futures to win the national title. Sort of joking around Twitter, it's not going to happen. But you know, rivalry game in, in the same area it could happen. Now, Wags, I will say this: the last two years, the BYU their record twenty-one and four. Wow. So you have a team that was twenty-one, that is twenty-one and four the last two years, and they're returning eleven starters from that team, and you have a win total that's around eight, eight and a half. I think they certainly the argument is there to go over on this team. And uh, look, there's, I'm not saying that they're going to win the national title, but there's essentially four games that they have to win, I think, to get into the playoff. Because if they go undefeated, they're going to get in based upon who they would have beaten. So 250 to one ticket, you could hedge the heck out of that as you get it later on in the season. No doubt. All right. That is BYU. It is free play time. Again, the website, therealmisteracl.com and acl-sports.com. We have packages up. Four-week football packages, college and or NFL, full-season packages. You can also buy monthly, right? So every package we have in September, tennis, college basketball is coming up, hockey, NBA, whatever is going on in that month, you can buy the package for that particular month. September and October is up now. Don't forget the U.S. Open WAG starts in about a week. Big money, love baby. The U.S. Open tournament. Love it, love it, love it. That package is up as well. All right. Free play time. WAGs and I have a consensus play here. It's from the Pac-12. The team we didn't necessarily touch on in depth. However, we definitely like this win total wags. We are going to the Pac 12 South. We are going with the Arizona State Sun Devils under six wins, minus 115, readily available in the market. Herm Edwards in his fifth year. Shocking that he's still there. He must have some some information on the on the 80 or something as to why he's still there, because not only has this team really underperformed relative to, I think, their talent level. It's not so much about that. It's about the off-the-field stuff. They, huge uh, NCAA uh, recruiting violations that they got dinged on. Five coaches lost their job as a result. And this win total, just as much as, you know, on a field and scheduling and, and where they're at from a uh, returning starters perspective, for me, is more about the off-the-field stuff. Just the vibe that I'm getting from this program, just not something that I like when you have to win seven games to beat me. They only return three starters on offense, only four on defense. So just massive changes on the coaching front, massive changes as far as guys coming in. And the schedule does them no favors at OK State, at USC, UCLA. They have to play Utah as well. Uh, obviously, some sort of tricky road games too at Washington State, at Stanford could get tricky. So under six, minus 115 on Arizona State is the free play here.
0: Yep. Couldn't agree more. I mean, definitely on the under. I think, you know, they, they open up. Um, they have very difficult games on the road at Oak State week two, mm-hmm. week four. They have to play Utah. Then they have to go to USC um, before coming home to Washington. I mean, those first, you know, six, seven games are, are, are brutal. And then they have to, you know, they come back. They, they Yeah, an easier second half of the season, if you will, um, playing some of those. Um, you know, mediocre to to lesser teams in the Pac-12 and Stanford and Colorado and Washington State and Arizona. But guess what? Those four teams right there will be looking at Arizona State licking their chops, right? They're going to want to get a win in the Pac-12 and that's going to be an opportunity for them um, to step up. So they're going to get Take their shots, at Arizona State. You mentioned obviously the investigations and and firings over there, and how Herm Edwards still has a job. Um, yeah, it, it's a little head scratching. I mean, I guess the 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 reason being is you know in the last four or five years he's had winning records, um, but in coming off an eight and five year last year um, and and getting a win total at six and a half, I don't think they're winning you know or six. Uh, you know they're not winning seven games, so um, you know it, it, it's. Seven returners overall. Very difficult for Arizona State. They're not getting there.
1: And they lose Jaden Daniels, and they brought in to be quarterback, Emory Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, I know that's a guy that we're, neither of us are necessarily high on. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, so, not only that, yeah. I think they they have uh, two transfers they tried bringing in. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, w- Which tells Henry you... Jones, it, they're, 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 they're not sure. The cluster. Um, yeah. No, exactly. By the way, they, they're... the the other quarterback they brought in is Paul Tyson of from Alabama, grand, grandson of Bear Bryant. Hmm. Did not and, know that. Yeah, well, he's obviously not that good if he's transferring out of Alabama <laughs> away from, you know, the Bear Bryant legacy. Right. Um or he he's just trying to play um and and, <laughs> and unfortunately for him, he he just lost the quarterback uh battle to Emory Jones. Exactly. Who hasn't done And anything.
1: then it's just You know, last thing I'll mention from a scheduling perspective, they have the 56th most difficult schedule this year. Last year, for comparison, they had the 81st. So the schedule gets much more difficult. This was a team last year that, yeah, they did win eight games, but. They have all these off the field things. The schedule gets much more difficult, and they just lost a ton of guys. So, um, I think at worst this becomes a push six to six would be stretching it in my view. I don't think this team is a seven and five team. So we're going Arizona State under six as the free play.
0: Yeah, one last right, point that Emery, is. Yeah. one last point. Emory Jones, nineteen touchdowns, thirteen interceptions last year.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's not a seven win quarterback. So we're going on under on Arizona State. All right, that is the Pac 12 plus a couple of independents. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We are back the rest of the way with NFL preview pods 10 or 15 minute pods on every single NFL team. We finished the AFC East and we're going to be making our way through the AFC North coming up here. Wags, anything else before we get out of here?
0: No, that's it. Looking forward uh, again. You know, I, I tweeted this out no more Saturdays without college football. We're, mm-hmm. we're done. We're done. Next Saturday, college football. We will have baby. plays I will give out. Um, I definitely have a play, so um, week zero will be free. We'll, we'll tweet those out or, or post them on Instagram. Um, so make make sure you follow at Cap and Wags or at the Real Mr. ACL. And uh, looking forward to another successful year.
1: Cannot wait. All right. For Wags, I'm ACL. That is the Pac-12 Plus Some Independence. And we will talk to you guys soon with some more NFL preview pods coming up.